So, well, I'm human. Yeah, that's true. That's proof. I'm human. So, uh, next week's Sunday is like the last Sunday of the year, right? So, today and next week, and then uh, we're going to have New Year's Eve service. That's going to be epic. Look at the person next to you say, come ready. It's going to be awesome. We're going to pray through into the new year, and, and God's going to give us what we need for the next year. Amen. And so... Very excited about what's coming in 2023. The Lord's been talking to me specifically about some things I need to do next year. Uh, look at the person next to you and tell them anytime the Lord asks you to do something, it's going to cost you. It's God telling you to do something that you don't necessarily want to do. He, he shifts you out of what's comfortable, but He says, if you will do what I tell you, then I will bless you. And so there's things that I'm believing God for. And so the Lord says, well, if you want these things, then this is what you have to do to get those things. Look at the person next to you and say, if you obey. You see, you can harden your heart against God, the voice of God, and also against the Word of God. But if you will choose to obey the Word, you'll get the breakthrough. Can I get an amen? And so we started this series, the beginning of December, talking about building our lives on a solid foundation. And um, Matthew chapter 7, 24 through 27, hope you have your Bibles. It's a good thing to bring them. You can bring a highlighter and you can highlight your Bible. You can bring a notepad or a journal and write in them. I encourage you to do that because it's good to remember that on March the 5th or whatever it was, 2020, suddenly your son started sleeping through the night. And it's good to have a record of the day and time God did the breakthrough for you. Amen? So Matthew 7, 24 through 27, it says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse. Why? Because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So here we see that Jesus, the head of the church, Jesus, the Son of God, he made a statement. And he said, just because you're a Christian, it doesn't mean that you no longer have storms that you will face in your life. But he did say this. He said, if you will build your life on what I teach you, no matter what storm you face, at the end of the storm, you will still be standing. Look at the person next to you and tell them you can weather any storm that your life will face if your life is built right. You know, sand, when you think about sand, sand is something that's unstable. It doesn't hold anything. Sand is something that's shifting and moving. The opinions of people always shift and change. What happens in this world is always shifting and changing. But the Word of God is eternal. It is unchangeable. It is unshakable. It is a foundation that you can build on. It is something that you can trust in. And Jesus said, if you build your life on His teachings, your life will be victorious in every storm that you face. Now, what is a, what is a storm? A storm is something that is uncontrollable in your life. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, suddenly, you know, in Florida, in the hurricane season, everybody's subjected to tropical storms which have the possibility of becoming hurricanes. You can run from Florida, that's fine, 
But there's some storms you can't run from. There's stuff that shows up in your life that you didn't plan for, that you did nothing to cause that storm, but suddenly out of the horizon, something rises up against you, and there's nothing that you can do about it. Anybody have any of those? We, we have those on the reg, out of the blue. You didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> it's not my fault. There's some crazy people in this world. I don't know why they, they want to attack me, but somehow they want to attack me. Amen? You guys are right out there? And so I'm not saying that we have storms right now. But I'm saying, you know, a storm might arise. And if you built your house right, it's going to stand. And so I want you to know there's things that are out of your control. And when it hits you, it hits you suddenly and it hits you unexpectedly. But if you built your life right, you're going to be standing on the other side of that thing. Let me tell you a story. In uh, 2013, um, we, were, we had launched the business side. We had launched after-school care, and we were running out of two locations. One location was on Oleander Avenue, and the, the second location was in the Port St. Lucie Civic Center. They had built that $30 million building, and it was a ghost town. And so they were looking for different groups to come in and bring some activity into the center. And we'd done an event, and they loved what we were doing, and they asked us to bring after-school care and camps into the Civic Center. So we launched our second location. Well, after three years, they decided that they were no longer going to renew our lease. And the, that year, 2013, our team sat down and we planned. We planned that we were going to uh, restructure and reorganize, and we were going to launch a preschool. That's what we wanted to do. And then as we were coming into 2014, Pastor Mike and Selena, they received a word from the Lord that we would be limitless. Look at the person next to you and say limitless. That means God wants to break you out of your limitations. You know, we were capped at what we could do in the Civic Center. But, you know, when you get comfortable, look at somebody and say, when you get comfortable... You don't want to move. And as we came through into 2014, the very first service of 2014, uh, I was on my knees at the altar, and I was just worshiping the Lord, and I heard the Lord say to me, I hold all things together by the power of my word. At that point, I did not know it was a scripture in the Bible, but I heard the voice of the Lord. I was so excited. The Lord has given me a word for 2014. Woo! Let's create a song out of it. So we're worshiping to the song. We had a band at that time. We instantly created a song. I hold all th he holds all things together by the power of His Word. We're so excited about the Word. But then come uh, that week having a meeting with the Civic Center, they told us, sorry, contract canceled. You've got five months to pack up and leave. Where do you go with 100 children in five months? Where can you get a building organized uh, approved, licensed, and move in five months. It's impossible. Not in St. Lucie County. Not in any county. <laughs> suddenly I feel angry words towards our local government. Just suddenly feeling like cursing them. But Father, I'll bless our local government that they would make it more favorable for business to operate as opposed to challenging. Amen? And so anyway, the Lord 
the Lord needed to kick us out from where we were because He wanted to move us from being limited to limitless. And so the Lord gives us this word so that we can stand on it during the transition. Look at somebody and say, you need a word that you can stand on while you're moving from point A to point B. You know, it's exciting when you hear the word limitless. So exciting. It's so exciting when you hear God say, I'll hold all things together by the power of my word. Woo! Yes, God. Yes, you do. But then when the storm comes. You see, the reason the Lord gave us the word to stand on, because there was a storm coming. Look at the person next to you. Say, God always prepares you for the storm. And so when that, the winds were blowing, that was probably the most stressful two years of my life. I think that's when I started losing my hair. I woke up every day stressed out because of that process. But in the midst of that storm, we saw God do financial miracles that we've never seen before in our lives. I'm talking on the level of $30,000, $40,000 that you need by Friday. And if it doesn't come in, you're toast. That kind of miracle. And we'd never seen God do that kind of stuff before in our lives. But the Lord already had a plan. He already had it worked out. And He wanted me to trust Him. But when you don't, when you don't know how God's going to bring you through, it's hard to trust the Lord. Because He's doing something in a way that you've never seen Him do it before. Lord, I know you can heal me from the headache. But this is bigger than a headache, Jesus. And so God is strong enough to work through no matter what circumstance you're facing, no matter what storm you're facing, no matter what comes against you, no matter how big it is, God is bigger than that storm. God is bigger than the problem. And I want you to know, church, that the Word of God will carry you through any storm that you face. But you have to cling to that Word. You have to hold on to that Word, not let it depart from your lips, not let it depart from your eyes. you got to speak it out. you got to stand on it. When the wind is blowing, you know, if you're in a hurricane, you've got to hold on to something. Otherwise, you're going to get blown away in the storm. What do you hold on to? You hold on to the Word. That's what's going to keep you rooted. That's what's going to keep you grounded. That's what's going to keep you stable. That's what's going to give you peace in your mind when you think everything's about to blow away. Can I get an amen? And so it's important that we understand that the Word of God is not just in the book for, uh, you know, pleasurable reading. Oh, what a great story. Wonderful. No, this word is to build your life upon so that you can stand through anything that your life will face. Can I get an amen? Amen. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Long ago, God spoke many times in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, He has spoken to us through His Son. God promised everything to His Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, He created the universe. Look at somebody and tell them that through the Son, through Christ, God created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. The King James Version says, and he holds all things together by the power of his word. Colossians chapter 1, 17 through 18 says, And he himself existed 
and is before all things, and in him all things are held together. Uh, when you're reading out of the Amplified, it has parentheses and it says, His is the controlling cohesive force of the universe. Say this, say, Jesus is the controlling cohesive force of the universe. He's also the head, the life source and leader of the body, the church. Say, that's me. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will occupy the first place. He will stand supreme and preeminent in everything. So this Son of God that we are serving, that we have given our lives to, he holds the universe together because he created it. He holds it by the power of his command. There is nothing on this planet that God does not have control over. God can move anything. He can shift anything because He's in control. Say, God is in control. The devil does not run the planet. This is God's planet. He created it. But what God did create, create was a church, a body of believers. And you are part of that body. And God has given you authority. Say, I have authority right here on the earth. God wants you to, to be raised up into your authority in Christ. And God wants you to take control over things down here. He's raising up sons and daughters to occupy till He comes. This planet belongs to God's children. Say, that's me. And God wants you to rule and reign here on earth. Over every storm and over every circumstance that you will face. Proverbs chapter 8, 22 through 31 says, The Lord formed me from the beginning. He's talking about wisdom. Before he created anything else, I was appointed in ages past. At the very first, before the earth began, I was born. Before the oceans were created. Before the springs bubbled forth their waters. Before the mountains were formed. Before the hills I was born, before he made the earth and the fields and the first handfuls of soil, I was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the horizon on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established the springs in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the seas so they would not spread beyond their boundaries. And when he marked off the earth's foundations, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence, and how happy I was with the world he created, and how I rejoiced with the family of God or the human family. And so here we read that in the beginning, God created everything, and God set boundaries, say boundaries. God set limitations. He created things, and he put a system together to create life. When God, when God made the earth, His purpose was so that what He would put on life was life. Say life. You see, heaven is alive. Everything in heaven has life. If you're in the presence of God, you have life. He's the author of life. When He created the planet, He created the planet to sustain life. Not just life, but life more abundantly. And so God is not sitting in heaven micromanaging anything. There's how many? Seven billion people on the earth. He's not micromanaging nothing. 
Say, God has a system that has been set in place before the foundation of the world. There is a system that operates. It's an invisible system that sets boundaries, that works to produce life. So there's natural laws that produce life. Is that correct? There's weather patterns. I mean, think about evaporation and precipitation. What else rhymes with that? Condensation. <laughs> Manipulation. So if you think about the process of the sun evaporating water, forming clouds, and the wind blowing, and then causing and pressure and rain. God has put the system in place. He doesn't have to, today, go push a button and make things work for it to rain. No, it just works. The sun and the moon, they don't, they don't decide, you know what, we're going off course. We decided we no longer want to be in the, in the, in the cycle that we're in. We're, we're, we're out of here. No, they have been set in place, and they are going to work according to what God has commanded, and they're not coming out of order because God holds creation together by the power of His Word. We're not shifting the sun, and you're not shifting the moon. There's nothing you can do about that. God has commanded it, and it will operate. The ocean will operate. It has a boundary. It is not going beyond that boundary. So go build your house on the water. The climate will be fine. Some of you get that. God set laws to govern the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, animals and insects. God has set place, laws in place for seed to grow and to produce trees that produce fruit, that produce seeds, so the cycle can continue. These are all laws that God has put into place. They're not going to change. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed, there will be time, and there will be harvest. There'll be summer, there'll be, there'll be spring, there'll be winter, and fall, I guess. You could call it autumn if you want. And so there are seasons, there are appointed times, there are things that have been set in order by God, and they work and they operate. And likewise, there's natural laws that govern life, but there are spiritual laws that govern your life. Look at somebody and say, if you don't abide by the laws, you're going to get hurt. If you decide that gravity does not work for you, I'm different. I'm from Africa. They don't understand that in Africa, the laws of gravity do not apply to the African people. So I come to America and I say, let me show you guys. Gravity, I'm above the law of gravity. And I get on the roof. And I believe that I can fly. What is going to happen? Depends how far I fall, but I could possibly die. Did you catch the rhyme? It was powerful. And so what I want you to understand is that there are laws that work. Does the law of gravity care what color my skin is? Does the law of gravity care how much I weigh? Does the law of gravity care how much money I have in my bank account? Does the law of gravity care what mistake I made yesterday? 
Does the law of gravity care about the mistakes I'll make tomorrow? No, it doesn't care. The law works for anyone that'll apply the law to their lives. And so, family, what I want you to understand is that there are laws in the Bible. Everything that God commands, He creates a law. And God is not going to abandon His law. His laws will work. The Bible talks about the law of sin that produces death. But the Bible talks about the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So when God gives a command and you choose to submit your life, humble yourself under the law, the law will promote you. If you choose to go against the law, then you reap the other side of it. The law will demote you. There's the law of life and there's the law of death. And it depends what you do with a command to determine what you're going to receive. Many people say, how do I surrender to God? The way you surrender to God is not by coming to the altar and crying. That's called manipulating God. God, my husband. God, my wife. God, my children. God, I can't take it anymore. God, my money. God, God. Crying at the altar. I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. That's not going to fix your problem. You can't, you can't manipulate God. You can't go to God and go, God, you don't love me like you love Tonka. You don't love me. You're not going to manipulate him to twist his arm to get, get him to do anything for you. God doesn't respond to your whining. He doesn't respond to your complaining. If anything, he'll rebuke you. Like a parent telling their child to shut up, stop crying, or I'll give you something to cry about. Anybody have one of those conversations? You're, not, you're crying for nothing right now. You're pitching a fit in the middle of Walmart because you want a toy and you're not getting it. What? Now you got something to cry about. We're going home. To those who don't believe in spanking, I'm sorry I offended you. I was just being nice, just in case. And so what you need to understand, family, humbling yourself and submitting yourself to God means submitting yourself to God's way of doing things. That's what it means. That means you have to find the principle... And you have to apply the principle consistently to get results. That is how you build your life on a solid foundation. If you just read the Bible but never find the principle and apply the principle to your life, then the wisdom that's in that story will never work for you. You can quote Scripture all day long, but if you never apply the principle in the Scripture, it's just a story. Look at somebody and say, faith without corresponding action is dead. It doesn't produce anything. So what, what do you do if your life is being torn apart? What do you do if destruction is hitting your life from every side? What do you do? Do you come to the altar and cry and say, oh, my life's falling apart. My wife's leaving me. My children hate me. My job fired me. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to end my life. What do you do? You've got to find a principle. Look at somebody and say, you've got to find a principle. 
You've got to find a law. You've got to apply the law. The law will work for anyone. You see, you were born successful. Look at someone and say, you were born successful. Everything that you need for life and life more abundantly and success, you already have it. It's already right here. You just got to see it. Can you see gravity? You can see the effects of gravity. You can see the effects of the blessing of God on somebody and say, how come they're blessed and I'm not? Because they found a law, they found a principle, and they're applying the principle consistently in their life. Now, what happens if you apply the law and you apply the principle and you get to the point where you're so blessed, you can't forget God? What does it mean when you've built fine houses and you've moved into them and you're prosperous and you're living in the blessing? Don't forget the Lord your God. What does that mean? That means don't forget the principle that you applied consistently to get you there where you now become lackadaisy and think that if you, if you just do whatever you want to do, you'll just stay blessed. No, you were in the, spirit, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that you humbled yourself and it promoted you. But now you made a decision, I'm not living by that command anymore. I'm getting comfortable and I'm going to start doing some other things right now that are against that command. And what happens? It reverses and begins to go the other way. Are you with me? So a lot of people say, I don't know how to surrender. I don't know, I don't know how to give it to God. How do I give it to God? You give God your way of doing things and you surrender and say, I will do it your way, God. That's faith. I can't see it. I don't know how it works, but I'm willing to no longer do it my way. I will do it your way. Because he set these things in operation. So if you think about the law of gravity versus the law of lift, if your airplane gets to a certain speed, it's like, I don't know, for the pilots, you can tell me it's like 200 and something miles an hour or something. Suddenly, a new law kicks in called the law of lift which supersedes the law of gravity. The plane just submitted to the laws of lift, and it lifted the plane off the ground. When you submit yourself to the laws of God, God will lift you up, and He'll begin to honor you. Your success is not in what you do in your own strength. Your success is finding the law and submitting to it and living that consistently. That's why the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 8, it says, Joshua 1.8, sorry, Joshua 1.8. says, meditate on the law day and night. Do not let it depart from, there we go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Say, it will not come out of my, stop coming out of my mouth. You will meditate therein day and night. That means you'll talk about it const- constantly. You will keep it before you constantly, day and night, 24-7, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. So not only do you need to meditate on it, not only do you need to keep it before you, not only do you need to speak it out of your mouth, but you need to make sure that you do what it says. You see that? According to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and you will have good success. Your success... It's not based on your charisma. Your success is not based on your personality. Your your success is not based on how you're dressed. Your success is based on whether you know the laws of God and if you apply them to your life. 
I've got seven amens up front here. So what happens if you need forgiveness for your sin? What happens if you're feeling guilty? How do you get rid of guilt? You've got to find a law. 1 John 1 verse 9 says that if you will confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Are you with me? What does that mean? Oh, I found a scripture. It tells me what to do. But I don't want to confess my sin. I don't want, I don't, I don't want somebody to know what I've done. So if you mistreated your kids and you apologize to your kids, you'll get set free. If you spoke wrong to your wife and you go and apologize to her and you confess to her, babe, I'm sorry I cussed you out today. I didn't mean to do it. And you don't say because you were irritating me, that's why I did it. That's not how you fix that. That's how you create a bigger problem. You say, babe, my attitude was wrong. I'm so sorry. I love you. I didn't mean to treat you that way. Will you forgive me? She's like, yes, baby, I love you. And then you hug and you smooch and you make up. The guilt is gone. You see, a lot of the times we'll come to the altar and we say, God, please forgive me. But we won't go to the person we've wronged and ask them to forgive us. So now when you see that person in Walmart, you duck. You see them coming and you're like running for your life. Why? Because you know you've wronged them and you haven't corrected the problem. And it's the same thing with God. You won't come into the presence of the Lord when you know you've disobeyed God. And that's what the blood of Jesus does. That's why we have communion. If you're feeling like God's presence is far away from you, and there's this wall, this separation between you and God, the Bible says it is sin that separates you from the presence. So you have to go and get the blood of Jesus. You have to get communion, and you have to come before God and say, God, I have sinned against you. Forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Remove the guilt from me. And guess what? The minute you come to God and admit it and you get rid of it, you come back straight into the presence of God. You see, family, so praise. What is praise? Oh, praise is for us to jump around. Jump around. It's for the kids so that they feel comfortable at church. It's, it's for me to get my exercise because I miss aerobics this week. I miss Zumba. I'll get it on Sunday morning. That is not the purpose of praise. The purpose of praise is to take off anything that's heavy. You put on the garment of praise and it gets rid of the spirit of heaviness. So when you're going through a hard time and you don't know what's, you feel this weight of stuff getting on you, what do you do? You praise God and it lifts off you. And so family, you have to read the Bible to find the principle, to find the law. And if you'll submit to the law, the law will promote you. In the book of Malachi, I was talking about what happens if your life is being devoured. What happens if stuff is hitting your life that, that you can't deal with, that you don't know what's going on. It says here in the book of Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, I am the Lord, I do not change. That is why your descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and have failed to obey them. Right there. If we scorn, if we mock God's laws, God it shall not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. If he sows into the spirit, he'll reap life. If he sows into the flesh, that's my way of doing it, he'll reap death. 
It's a law. It is a system. It is in place. God's not treating you unfairly. You are creating your own pain. You are punishing yourself because you're rebelling against what God commanded and what God has ordered. It says, now return to me and I will return to you. You want God to come back? Start obeying what God says. But you ask, how can we return? We have never gone away. It's not my problem, God. It's your problem. And then God says, should people, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. You ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? Cheated me of the tithes and the offerings due to me. You're under a curse. What does that say? When you fail to honor God in the tithe and the offering and bringing it into the house, you put yourself under a curse. All that preacher wants is my money. No, I want you to be blessed. Can I get an amen? It says, you're under a curse. Your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring the tithes where? Into the storehouse. I give to the poor. It's not what the Bible says. Well, I give to the orphans in Kenya. Well, did you honor God with the first part like he commanded you to? Or are you coming up with your own way that you want God to bless you? Well, I don't like the church. It doesn't matter whether you like the church or not. Are you doing what God said? If you, were, if you weren't here on Wednesday night, I preached, Pastor Chris and I tag-teamed the most epic message on the planet. Obedience, the key to miracles. You can go watch that online. I suggest you watch it multiple times. Because the problem that we have is we don't know how to listen and obey. That's the problem with the kids that we deal with every single day. They don't know how to listen and take instruction and follow direction. They always have to throw in their own opinion, their feelings, and do what they want to do. Well, the problem is it's not just kids. It's adults too. Oh, pastor, you're just so mean. Hell is hot. Divorce is very painful. Your children hating you, that's hard. You waking up miserable and depressed, wanting to commit suicide every day, that's miserable. It's simple. Look at somebody and say, it's very simple. Find the principle. Obey the law. Do what it says, and you will be blessed. Amen. That's right, baby. Let me finish reading this. I'm still in the whipping stage. We're going to get... I'm going to get to the other side of the Oreo. We're getting there. Do you know Oreos have three layers? Yeah, Oreos. You, I say Oreos. You say Oreos. There's the outer, then there's the middle, and then there's the outer. You know what I'm saying? So we're in the middle right now. We're bringing the correction. And then we'll get into the exhortation at the end. Are you ready? Listen, the preaching of the word has to change your mindset. And if I say, obey God, it'll be good for you. No, it is the fire, it is the hammer that breaks the rock open. Can I get an amen? So if I don't believe in this stuff, there's no way you're going to believe in it. The Word of God has more to do about correcting your mindset than encouraging you. 
Hallelujah. Oh, I want to go to a church where they make me feel good. Fine. Hell is hot. God love God corrects those that he loves. If if you love your child, you don't just let them continue in their sin, you bring correction to their lives. Why? Because that's what love does. Hate me now, love me later. But we want God to be our friend. But yet he will judge us. And that's the reality. So it says here, you've robbed me. Bring the tithe into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven over your life. Heaven's closed over me. God, rend the heavens and come down. Are you tithing and bringing your tithe into the storehouse? No. God, rend the heavens and come down. If you'll just obey the command... God will do his part. And then he says, I, God speaking, I will pour out a blessing on you that it is so great you will not have enough room to take it in. That's a perpetual blessing. No matter what you need, God always shows up. Then he tests you. He says, try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant. I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine when, before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. All nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. God will rebuke the devourer for your sake. If you find that your life is falling apart and you don't know why things are falling apart, everything's breaking, everything's going wrong, you put yourself under a curse. It's simple, family. I can't... I can't pray the windows of heaven over, open over you if you're disobeying what God said. It doesn't work. I'm just, I'm just lying to you, trying to make you feel better in the moment. But the truth of the matter is that if you want to be a blessed person, if you want to be your life and your household be such a delight, that you have to start discovering what the laws and the commands of God are not reading the Bible like it's a story. Read the Bible to find the laws of God, the thoughts of God, the ways of God, and then you align your life with what God says. That is how you build your life on a solid, unshakable foundation where you never have to go to bed afraid, worried. Why? Because you know you have built it right. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, He will lift you up in honor. That means submit to the law. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. A lot of you are trying to resist the devil, but there's no submission to what God said. You see, if you don't know why you're doing something, then you've got no foundation for it. Just because your parents did it, why do you do what you do? Why do you act the way you act? How are your actions based on faith is what you have to determine. And you, when you look at your life, your life will be a reflection of what you believe. Jesus said it this way, you can tell a tree by 
its fruits. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. And then he says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So what comes out of your mouth is what you're framing in your life. It's you putting the exclamation point on your belief system to establish it. And it's one thing to just positive talk. It's another thing to get your foundation right. I can positive talk all day long, but if the foundations are not built on the laws, it's never going to work for you. Amen. And so family, this year, 2023, the Lord said that He wants to give you land. He wants to give you houses. He wants to give you businesses. He wants to make you prosperous. He wants to add to your life supernaturally. But if there is no obedience to the commands, there will be no blessing in your life. And, and, and the Lord has already been dealing with me about some of the things that we need to teach and some of the things that we need to do to see Deuteronomy 6, the word it has given us for this next year fulfilled in our lives. Last year, the Lord said it's a year of suddenlies. But this year, the Lord said it's going to be a year of abundance and overflow. It's going to be to the point where the blessing overtakes you. But it's going to be done God's way. And you have to be the type of person that is going to take what is being preached and you're going to meditate on it day and night. You're going to take the word out of the mouth of the prophet and you're going to believe that God is speaking this to me and you got to take that word to heart. Because if you don't, it ain't going to work for you. Stand with me this afternoon. Can you say thank you, Jesus? How do I put my trust in God? We hear people say, trust God. Oh, just trust the Lord. Tell me, how do I trust God? You have to trust in His laws. And you have to apply the law to your life to come out of the situation you're currently in. It doesn't happen instantly, but it happens gradually. Can I get an amen? It takes a long time to get in debt, and you expect to get out of it in one second. My wife says it's quicker to get in debt than it is to get out of it. So don't go wasting a bunch of money on Chinese plastic. <laughs> and going into debt because of it. Can I get an Amen. Won't you just close your eyes? There is the law of salvation. The law of salvation says that if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus has come in the flesh, that he died and God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. That is the foundation for your salvation. That is the law that governs you being made right with God. Publicly declaring his God that he died and God raised him from the dead. You don't make your life right with God by doing good works. You don't make your life right with God by helping people and being a kind person. That's not what gets you right with God. There's many ways that religion tries to get you right with God. There's many ways that we try to get ourselves right with God. But that's not what God said. 
And I'll read Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. The scripture tells us anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. That means if you will do it, you will not be disgraced. But family, I want you to know, openly declare means publicly declare before men. It's not just something you do hidden, secret Christian, secret agent. Water baptism is to be done publicly with witnesses. Upon the confession of your faith, you are baptized into Christ. And so if you're in here today... And you want your life to be right with God, you have to do it God's way, not your way. That weight of sin that you carry, that block into God's presence that you can't break through, the struggle that you're having in your own ability to reach God doesn't change because you cry because of any other reason. It's when you obey the word that you get your breakthrough. And if you're in here today and you're saying, I feel far away from God. I've never publicly confessed Christ as my Lord. I've never made this decision. I've never openly declared what the Bible says. I want my life to be right with God. I'm ready to make that commitment, and I'm ready to obey the Word. If you're in here today and you know your life is not right with God, this is how you get your life right. It's simple. We don't have to go to Africa to get the message or go to heaven or go anywhere. It's right here. By believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth what the Bible says. If you're in here today and you want to give your life to Jesus, we want to pray with you. We want to do what the Bible says. We want to give you an opportunity today to get your life right with God. Maybe you're in here today and you know what? I used to believe this. I used to do this. But you know what? I'm not living according to that scripture anymore. I don't believe that anymore. I know so many people that they they come to the church And they do that. They come and pray, but then they're practicing all these other weird things at home. They're trusting in crystals, and they're trusting in horoscopes, and they're trusting in all these other things. But you've got to put your trust in one and one only, and that's Jesus. You've got to forsake every other God or every other belief system that you're believing in, and you put your whole life in Him, willing to die to everything else to have Christ and the life that He brings. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. The only way to know the Father and the heart of the Father and the love of God and to have that relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. No other religion can bring that to you. They might get you into the realm of the Spirit and they might have principles, but they don't lead you to God. So if you're here today and you want to get your life right with God, I want you to slip up your hand and say, pray for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I see your hands. They're going up everywhere. Yes, 
Thank you. Thank you. It's simple. It's easy. And Father, I thank you that all of the struggle breaks today. Those of you that raise your hands, come to the front. I want to pray with you. We're going to make this declaration of our faith today. Give them a big round of applause as they come. You want to join us right here? It's easy, guys. Amen. I just want you to open your hands, close your eyes. You're talking to the Lord right now. Say this, say, God, thank you for your word. It teaches me everything that I need to experience life and life more abundantly. Jesus, you are the word. You are the light. And you lead me into life. And today I'm making a decision that I'm going to follow you. I'm going to submit to your laws. I'm going to submit to your commands. And your laws will promote me. Your way of doing things will turn my life around. And so I choose this day to turn my back on the world's way of doing things, on my parents' way of doing things, my way of doing things. And I choose to do it your way. And your word says, in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, that your message of salvation is close at hand. It's on my lips, and it's in my heart. And today, I openly declare that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised Him from the dead. And because I believe in my heart and I declare my faith openly with my mouth, I am saved. My life right now is made right with God. And I receive the gift of salvation in Jesus' name. I'm going to lay my hands on you. Father, I thank you for this gift because they've obeyed your word, God. I thank you for the power of God that breaks the power of sin. And all of the guilt, all of the fear, all of the shame breaks now. It looses the mind, the will, the emotions. I thank you for your spirit, God. The Holy Spirit going into them, giving them a brand new heart. Taking out the stony, stubborn heart. Ooh, that rebellion on the inside and breaking it. Breaking the hard heart. All the pain, all the rejection, all the hurt. Every mistake of the old life that they're carrying. Father, I thank you today that you break it. Every bondage breaks. In the name of Jesus, it breaks. And I thank you, Lord, where there was hopelessness, not knowing how to do it, not knowing how to get free. That today you have given your people a message that they can build their lives on. I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Clearly showing them these spiritual laws. 
that produce life and life more abundantly, God. In the name of Jesus. Say this, say, I am saved. My relationship with God is made right today. In Jesus' name. That's something to celebrate. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Come on, give Him some praise. Close your eyes. Father, I bless every single person in here today, God. Father, they made the decision to come out and honor you on this day. They could have gone Christmas shopping. They could have gone to Disney. They could have done anything they wanted to do, God. But they chose to come to the house of God. And they have chosen to honor you today, Lord. And Father, I thank you. I thank you for your blessing. Your blessing of peace. Your blessing of joy. Your blessing of wisdom. And Lord, I speak your favor over their lives. I thank you, Lord, that everywhere they go, they will see your favor this week. And things will be added to their lives that they could not produce in their own strength. I decree one day of God's favor is better than a thousand days of your own labor. And Father, I speak that they will see the favor of God bring things to their lives because of your laws, because of your love. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Say thank you, God. Well, we love you. Next week, Sunday, 9 a.m., we're going to be celebrating Jesus. Amen. And then the following week, it's going to be Saturday at 7 p.m. We're celebrating New Year's Eve. We're going to break through. We will not be having service on New Year's Day, right? We're going to party at night, and you can sleep in the morning. Well, hug somebody before you leave today, and we'll see you next week, Sunday. God bless you. Jesus said it this way. You can tell a tree by its fruits. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. And then he says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So what comes out of your mouth is what you're framing in your life. It's you putting the exclamation point on your belief system to establish it. And it's one thing to just positive talk. It's another thing to get your foundation right. I can positive talk all day long, but if the foundations are not built on the laws, it's never going to work for you. Amen. And so family, this year, 2023, the Lord said that He wants to give you land. He wants to give you houses. He wants to give you businesses. He wants to make you prosperous. He wants to add to your life supernaturally. But if there is no obedience to the commands, there will be no blessing in your life. And, and, and the Lord has already been dealing with me about some of the things that we need to teach and some of the things that we need to do to see Deuteronomy 6, the word it has given us for this next year fulfilled in our lives. Last year, the Lord said it's a year of suddenlies. But this year, the Lord said it's going to be a year of abundance and overflow. It's going to be to the point where the blessing overtakes you. But it's going to be done God's way. And you have to be the type of person 
that is going to take what is being preached and you're going to meditate on it day and night. You're going to take the word out of the mouth of the prophet and you're going to believe that God is speaking this to me and you got to take that word to heart. Because if you don't, it ain't going to work for you. I saw the sea.